The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Hey, it's Chris Jericho. You're listening to the Rough House Podcast featuring the sexiest beast in all of Maryland and surrounding areas, the illustrious Chris. And Marty. The opinions expressed in the Rough House Podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the WWE, Lucha Underground, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, GFW, are they even still a thing? MCW Pro Wrestling, CZW, Nads Flappy Sack, Marvel Studios, Kellogg's, Frisky's Cat Food, Ted Turner, Jameson Irish Whiskey, Fruit of the Loom, Hershey's, Samsung, Amblin Entertainment, Groundskeeper Willie, or the cast and crew of The Walking Dead. Since the dawn of mankind, those in professional wrestling have turned to the Pro Wrestling Podcast to gain insight into how to do their jobs, how to create angles, develop new characters, and create fiery feuds with which to capture an audience's attention. What better group of individuals than basement dwellers on internet purchased microphones to guide the hand of a multi-million dollar industry? We're proud to present one such podcast courtesy of the Realm Network here at the Rough House where black people and white people watch wrestling and Hispanic people too and all people. Oh, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> hey, everybody. Hello. Hi. Welcome. Welcome to a landmark edition of the Rough House podcast, if I may. Yeah. Um, look, there's probably going to be a little bit of hyperbole this episode. Oh, oh, it's going to be strong. It's going to be strong. Stick with us because, you know, we're still in the in the post-show high of, of what happened last night. So we're recording yes. this uh, early <laughs> Sunday yes. morning. Yes. Uh, well, for me, early, 8 a.m. You sprung out of bed at six which certainly did not happen for me as you can hear by my voice right now (laughs) (laughs) but um but yeah we're in the uh the post double or nothing afterglow this is the The refractory period yes and uh i'm christoph and that's marty with the geek and smile on his face oh man (laughs) uh i'm i'm in such a good place chris i am i am so happy uh like let let let's get into the big chunk because I, I i think something that helps this show is context okay um which is <laughs> namely so sunday evening was the money in the bank pay-per-view yeah yes. hard to believe seven days ago just a week ago yeah uh the money in the bank pay-per-view a mixed bag of a show mm-hmm. um there were some highlights uh aj against seth rollins was fantastic uh the money in the bank ladder match for the men was really good to a point um <laughs> you know it, i enjoyed the women's match as well I, I was not as high on that uh but i i, I know, tried absolutely um and th- right now, my brain is so filled with other exciting things that have happened since yeah. uh, that I'm struggling to think of other moments. But it wasn't a terrible show by any means. I mean, Money in the no. Bank is is always a show that uh, tends to deliver. But there was a moment at the end which basically broke you, Chris. It did. It did. Yeah. It, it, it was one of those moments where I was, you know, I, I, and I know, I know that was the a- reaction they wanted. To a certain extent, Um, you know, when Ali was on top of the ladder Mm -hmm. and then Brock Lesnar's music hits 
and outcomes Brock Lesnar to be the uh, s- what seventh or eighth man. Uh, uh, because eighth, I think, yeah, because yeah. it was originally Braun Strowman, then Sami Zayn won the spot, and then Sami Zayn was attacked and was out of the match. Which, to be completely honest, as I was watching, I had no idea any of that had happened because I was watching. I watched the show without any volume on and like kind of paying attention because my father-in-law was in town. We were, you know, right. we were doing things. And then I watched Game of Thrones and had uh, Money in the Bank on my little tablet watching it. Uh, right, right. So I, you know, caught all the the big moments, you know, as as to which I enjoyed more. That's a, a topic for a Patreon episode down the line right. um, between Game of Thrones and Money in the Bank. But that the, the Brock Lesnar bit happened after Game of Thrones had ended. And I was sitting there and I'm like, fuck you guys. You know, <laughs> that, that was, it was just, it was more of a, uh, it was just, it was just an exasperated, just fucking God, just this deep sigh of they're on their bullshit again. And here right. we fucking are, um, right. you know, and like I said, I know that that's the, the reaction that they wanted, but it's not the action that's going to make me want to tune in and see how it plays out. It's the action that makes me go, why am I wasting my time with this? Right. Which is not the reaction they were looking for. Yeah. And and I I don't think it's, it's the type of thing that makes uh, the fan who has increasingly turned out over the past few weeks say, you know what? I'm back on my bullshit time to put on Monday night raw Tuesday night SmackDown every week time to watch it all every single week. Look, I like Brock. I like Brock a lot. When you have a motivated Brock Lesnar, when you have him in with guys who he clearly wants to work with, because there's two Brocks, there's motivated Brock and there's I'm here for a paycheck Brock and game respect game. That dude gets paid more than anyone else to do less than anyone else. So he's he's got the most brilliant contract in entertainment history. Yeah. Go out and say it. I, I can't shit on the dude, and he's had some of my favorite matches ever. Full Agreed. stop. He's awesome. I don't need him having the briefcase. I don't need him in this spot. And then you have the one-two punch of Raw and SmackDown. Raw introducing sort of the hardcore belt again with the 24-7 title, uh, uh-huh. a, a gimmick that was apparently suggested by the USA Network as a way to drum up ratings again. Uh, the third hour, which just has shit the bed over the past two years. Right, and and it's introduced with this tepid, out-of-step promo from Mick Foley, definitely not his best work, and it's decided with a bunch of guys running into a ring. Now, look, 24-7 belt slash the hardcore belt, super fun thing in the Attitude Era. Could be really fun here. I, I like what R-Truth has been doing on social media. Same with Drake Maverick, blah, 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 blah. It's not going to move the needle. Well, here's the thing. All the guys that ran out to get that title were nobodies. Yeah, they were, it was they a were bunch all, of geeks. They were all C and B minus uh, list uh, uh, acts. So yeah. that immediately was just like, well, this isn't something that's going to uh, be pushed uh, to be something to care about. So imme- they immediately told us not to care about something they just introduced. Right. And 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 it's like you're dam- damned if you do, damned if you don't in that scenario. Because on one yeah. hand, it's like, okay, here's all these guys who have nothing to do. Here's something for them to do. But they've devalued all of them so much. Now, maybe... Maybe this is going to be part of a rebuilding of the undercard and all these other things. That's an optimist view that I have no reason to believe to be true. But maybe there are some things that have happened in the past 24 hours, which will make them want to do that. Anyway, cut to SmackDown. SmackDown, we have the reintroduction 
for the I don't know eighth time in the past five years of Dolph Ziggler yep. as the guy who was cranky that he didn't get his spot and he's taking someone's spot and he's gonna show the world that he's the bad I don't fucking care like so the world asterisk and the asterisk is Jeddah Saudi Arabia <laughs> right uh, because right. nobody else wanted to fucking go and yeah needed somebody who could be a challenger so and, and what does that say that literally you had no one no one outside of Kevin Owens and Daniel Bryan, the two guys who went, I ain't going to Saudi Arabia. Yeah. You had no one to go against your world champion on your other brand. Because Orton was already booked against Triple H. Yes. So he, he was out. And then it, it harkens back to what happened uh, with our issues with Money in the Bank. They had a possibility uh, to build a new star, which is something mm -hmm. that we've been saying over the past month. We've been belaboring the point of this is part of the reason they're in this situation. And they go out and, and, and trance out or send out Brock Lesnar. Yeah, they, they uh, trot him out there. <laughs> trot him out. That's the word yes. I was looking for. Yes. It's early. And um and and you know and you 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 miss an opportunity to at least give somebody a little bit of an extra push to make a new star because you know Brock Lesnar as you mentioned doesn't need money in the bank. He's Brock Lesnar. He kayfabe can pretty much demand whatever he wants and get it. So part of it doesn't even make sense yeah. that you would have Brock Lesnar win money to bank because of that. So mm -hmm. it, it's just, you're just adding an extra step to, to piss me off right. uh, and make me not give a shit. Now, uh, you know, Dolph Ziggler, a very, very good competitor, you mm -hmm. know, nothing to be nothing against Dolph Ziggler, but when was the last time we saw him in a match? It's been since what? fall or or early winter yeah i mean he popped up at the rumble but I yeah mean, and, that, that, and that was it that was that was a, a cup of coffee he got tossed out and then we didn't see him again he went and did his his uh chuckle uh chuckle tour which you know fine good for you do what you got to do man um but you know it doesn't it's not making me clamor to see this super showdown which fuck you guys again for saying that it's going to be better than WrestleMania? Well, no, no, no. The the what's the damning phrase that they're using? Equivalent to or better than WrestleMania, which okay. sounds like Fuck some you. fucking like Fuck you. uh fucking car ad small print. Yeah. Better than or equivalent to. Uh, <laughs> like what that that is some what was the tweet going around yesterday? Sports entertainment enthusiasts was the term used. Oh, like God. that is some serious fucking doublespeak bullshit. Yeah. Anyway, it it's nothing that made me want to pay attention. I know that the the period between WrestleMania and SummerSlam is always the fucking doldrums. But it just has felt so inept. And it feels like every week there's another thing where I just go, why am I wasting my time? And Chris, you texted me flat out and said, you're done. You're done with SmackDown and Raw. I'm not. I'm not. I, I am. I'm not going to. I'm not going to waste my. I have, as I've said many, many times, I'm a very busy man. I have very little free time. Um, and I'm not going to spend that free time on something that just consistently uh pisses me off and just doesn't it just doesn't do it for me now you know that being said wwe main roster proper is not where i need it to be right now for for what i'm enjoying in the world of the pro res nxt on the other hand yeah 
firing on all cylinders. I'm and, enjoying... and we have a pay per view next week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> next, next Saturday night we're going to take over in the uh, in right here in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Uh, <laughs> so that's going to be that's going to be. Fun. I mean, it's NXT. You know, yeah, they're, no, they're going to go and, out and there. They're going to perform. You have Tyler Breeze coming back to fight Velveteen Dream, which yeah. is dream match, no pun intended. You got Adam Cole Bebe getting his rematch against Johnny Gargano. You've got a, a four team ladder match for the yeah. tag team championships, which is going to blow the roof off the place. And you got Io Shirai and Shayna Baszler, um, which should be an amazing match. And also they just added Matt Riddle versus Roddy Strong. So all four members of the UE now uh, reunified and, and as strong as ever. We'll see how that plays out. Right. Um, but, you know, it, it's still pro wrestling. <laughs> exactly. Uh, exactly. But, you know, I, I, I'm enjoying everything that's happening down in the world of NXT and you know, it's just that is, it's still, I think, you know, uh, until I see more from AEW NXT is still my number one yeah. uh, brand that I will find time in my week to watch that very digestible uh, one hour show. Um, right. So, you know, and I, I'm, and I'm a self-admitted part of the problem here because I just spent uh, $35 on WWE shop the other day. Oh, did buying, you? they had $10 t-shirts. They were all from NXT. Yeah. <laughs> so Era, Matt Riddle and uh, Tommaso Ciampa. Nice. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm still giving them my money, yeah. admittedly, yeah. because there are things within the uh, corporation, you know, the conglomerate of WWE, if you will, that I'm enjoying. Right. It's, it's the Raw and SmackDown main roster brands, which still have a lot of people that I enjoy, uh, but it's just not it's not moving the needle for me right now. Yeah. And, and at the same time, I know you've gotten a lot into New Japan and who Very can blame so. you with uh, this hot streak of shows they've had during Best of the Super Juniors. Yeah. Uh, something that I think you and I probably need to tear down in a Patreon when yes. the tournament wraps up our favorite moments or favorite matches of the tournament. But uh, Chris, if, if if you may allow me to, to go on a, a bit of an extended tangent here. I hope you do. Uh, so last night was aew's big debut show double or nothing live in uh las vegas nevada from the mgm grand garden arena uh we've talked a lot about aew since its announcement on january 1st we talked about what it could or could not mean uh, for the landscape of professional wrestling for the landscape of professional wrestlers their their livelihoods their ability to to do something big if i may roll far far back here one of the things that sort of got my foot in the door here at the Rough House was uh, a connection that Justin had to me over our shared love of NWA and WCW. Yeah. WCW towards the end was a fucking nightmare. But I remember so vividly, even though I grew up as a Hulkamaniac, watching NWA for the first time as it became WCW in the early 90s, watching guys like Ric Flair, Sting, Dusty Rhodes, Great Muda, countless talents. It was a product that I fell in love with because for as grandiose and sort of superhero-esque the WWF was, WCW was that gritty Southern-style professional wrestling. Yeah, And, and I loved it. It was, it was pro wrestling as a sport versus pro wrestling as entertainment. Both have their uh, their yeah. values. Yeah. Both have their merits. And basically since April 2001, when we had the final Nitro, I've been chasing that high. <laughs> Traded tapes. 
got into Japanese wrestling, got into seeing things like Ring of Honor, uh, CZW, Chikara Pro Wrestling, PWG, watched all of these talents grow up and do amazing things in WWE, Impact, New Japan Pro Wrestling. I saw the wrestling landscape change. But last night, for the first time in 18 years, I felt that excitement, that purity of what professional wrestling can be during Double or Nothing. Yeah. I, I recognize we can point out that there are problems on commentary. Jesus fucking Christ, Alex Marvez needs to have cocaine shot directly into his veins to see if we can get <laughs> anything out of that man. <laughs> The, co- the the uh, the production team, they got to learn how to catch certain spots. Although yeah. sometimes them being surprised by uh, a plunge into the floor was awesome. Like, I kind of liked that the fact that they didn't know that things were happening. I didn't made it a little more real. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, you know, there were some dead air bits. There were some segments that didn't work. That pre-show was kind of a mess. But in terms of from 8 p.m. until almost midnight last night, I was presented with one of the best professional wrestling cards I've ever watched. And yeah, it's show one. And this is not a one and done thing. The war isn't over. Hell, it's not even a war. It's about the the opportunity to build an alternative. But for that first show, for that first shot, I'm completely blown away by AEW's vision of what professional wrestling can be in 2019. Overall, it really went as well as it could have. Um, you know, there, like you said, it, it wasn't perfect. There were a couple rough spots, but you know, I, I tweeted this out last night after I drove home in a torrential downpour, which was very white knuckle and scary. Yeah, uh, but <laughs> so I had some time to, to think on it, and you know, their their strength is in their talent. And Mm -hmm. I think they knew this right off the bat. Uh, And they didn't, you know, just grab WWE cast-offs. There are are a couple there that, you know, spend some time in WWE, which, you know, say what you will. A a lot of these people, A, didn't get the the chance that they really deserved, Cody really being one of them. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you have your your John Moxley, Dean Ambrose situation, which we'll get to in a little bit, and Chris Jericho and stuff like that. But yeah, spoiler alert, by the way, I mean, John Moxley on. showed up at the end of the show. If, Holy if, fucking shit. Yeah. If you've been on the internet <laughs> since Saturday night, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, now. yeah. You, you probably got an email blast from pro wrestling tees. Yeah, at, at I, midnight, I sure so, held it yeah. too. So the strength is in their roster, but they didn't just grab a bunch of indie guys who do the same things. They have yes. a, a number of those people on there that can do crazy things. However, it's it's the variety and mm-hmm. it's something that I think WWE tries to be a variety, well, a different kind of variety show, but variety yeah. being the key word there is that you're not going to see the same match three times in a row. Exactly. You had um, you had a, a hot six man tag open oh the show. Oh my God. So you, good. So you had, fun. You had a women's triple threat, which turned into a fatal four way with a massive return that nobody thought was going to happen of awesome mm-hmm. Kong. Mm-hmm. You then had, oh Christ, I can't even remember the match order. Uh, um, I, I think after that, it was the, the best friends tag. Yeah. We, I remember you had another high flying tag with Angelico and Jack Evans against the, uh, against the best friends, Chucky e. T and, uh, and Beretta. Yeah. Uh, with, with an angle in the tag team division after yeah. the, after the match. Yeah, what with, the hell? 
whatever they're going to be called now. They were, yeah. what were they called? They were formerly the Super Smash Brothers. Presumably they can't use that name. Sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, guys who have come up in the indie scene, in the tag wrestling scene uh, for quite some time. Young Bucks definitely showing homage both in their actions in ring and in who they're signing to the yeah. teams that helped bring them up. Um, what was after that? Uh, was that the Joshi Six Women Tag I after that? Was. Yeah, which gave uh, hell. Joshi is for as much wrestling as I've watched. Joshi is a style that I have very little exposure to. Like if if I had to say it's like American wrestling, obviously a number one, then a lot of Japanese wrestling, and a little bit of lucha, and then a little tiny bit of like Joshi, and then a very very tiny bit of like world of sport shit. Right. Joshi is is going to be clearly this focus of like what the cruiserweights were in WCW, this idea of here's something unlike anything else you'll see. And it was something unlike anything else on the program. And was. I loved it. And, and one of the things that was so enjoyable about that match was audibly hearing as the match went on, Jim Ross get more and more interested in Joshi wrestling. <laughs> it's true. And you know, all the credit in the world to Excalibur last night, he was a real MVP. Oh my God. Yeah, so much just keeping Jr. you know, uh, somebody tweeted out um, <laughs> something along the lines of uh, Excalibur um, was to Jr. was kind of like, you know, you as a, as a child uh, going to your grandpa and saying, hey, I found this one Radiohead song you may like. Yeah. And then yeah, just bonding yeah. over it. Um, exactly. Which is, exactly. Which is pretty spot on for how it went. Um, but, you know, and I think, you know, to be to be honest, that's probably going to be the toughest sell to the masses mm -hmm. is, is the Joshi women style of wrestling. But I, I love, I've really fallen in love with Japanese culture and everything that, you know, Japanese men and women do in the ring. It's so, you know, between, you know, your Kyrie Sains and your Oscars who really helped, you know, bridge the gap um, to it and introduce a little bit of that sort of uh, flair to American audiences. And then to just go, pun intended all in with this Joshi style of yeah. just, you know, some, a, a lady come down, came out dressed as Freddie Mercury. And yeah, why the hell not? Two Freddie Mercury references. Last yes. Night, by the yeah. Way. So sure. Go I, I was, I was watching the intros and like, I fucking love Japanese people. And <laughs> it's just like the greatest thing. So obviously you and I uh, were into it, but you know, it, it's going to be a tough sell to the masses. And I, right, I think it'll right. get there. Um, so then after that, you had an, amazing old school storytelling match brother Holy versus brother fuck. uh cody versus dustin we'll, we'll break down a little more as we go but then after uh after that was that the lucha bros and uh, um, well, you, you had the title segment which oh the title oh uh which which we'll we'll talk about as we yeah. get there you had the lucha bros young bucks tag match yeah. showing how innovative and amazing tag team wrestling can be in 2019 those four men are and then you had the main event, which was basically this great accompaniment of, of what AEW is. You have a, a, a legendary star going against the new wave, just having a hard-hitting, hard-nosed, great professional wrestling Broken match. Nose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you wrap it all up with a hot angle. I, I mean... Fuck. <laughs> it, was a it, was a, it was a total package. It was, it was well presented. The pacing, you know... And, and, and that that says something as well, because you know, Money in the Bank and look at WrestleMania, yeah, being a, a an eight hour show and pacing, and you're like, you know, by the time the first main event hits at WrestleMania, you're like, all right, guys, let's wrap this shit up. I'm fucking yeah. tired. Yeah, I I at no point on Saturday nights was like, 
oh man, I really want this to end. I was I was fully fully invested the whole time. One because I knew the matches that were still coming up that I was very excited for, but also you know it was it was almost five hours. And yeah, which, yeah. if okay. if you count if you count the uh, the pre show sure, it was. Yeah, and and I think it had to do with the way the card was paced. Excuse me, card was paced. WWE yes. really believes in the build up, tear down, build up, tear right. down. Like yeah. they they like the roller coaster effect. AEW just was build up, build up, build up, build up, build up, build up, yeah. build up, and then you had that payoff. And what a payoff! Yeah, in that big angle at the end. But let let's let's focus in on the matches. Yeah, uh, show kicked off with uh, the. Uh, do we want to talk about the pre-show as well? Yeah, as no, I think we should because you know, it, like you said, it had a couple problems, but it also, uh, it also had to do a lot of heavy lifting. So yeah. you had this casino battle royale with with some innovative um, rules and the way it went. So they, what, they... what I will say is there was an attempt. <laughs> I don't know if it would play. I don't know if they need to do another casino battle royale. I didn't. I, I didn't hate the gimmick of five people coming in at a time. You didn't like that. I, I I really wasn't super into it. Okay, no. I, I thought no. it was a clever idea. Maybe not, maybe not perfectly executed. Yeah. But uh, but a clever idea nonetheless, where everybody, all twenty competitors, drew a card pre-match, and that yeah. gave them their suit. And you know, uh, so the diamond started out, and then every five minutes, the uh, the 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 clubs or the spades or the hearts would come yeah. in. Yeah. And then the number twenty-one was the Joker card. Was the Joker card? I think the thing that hurt it was. Uh, for me, especially in, in the pre-show, in that match in particular, it felt like the mixing was a little off, so the commentary was a little hard to hear. Yeah. And in turn, I had a hard time figuring out who people were, and it yeah. wasn't like there were on-screen graphics to say Agreed. who each person was. Like, I did not know until I looked up online who, like, the big guy with yellow face paint was. I had no idea who it was. Um... Brandon something? No, nope. That was Sunny Days. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yep. See, no, there you go. Point no proven. idea. No <laughs> idea. But uh no, and, and, homie. And there was definitely some weirdness in terms of like the timing of big spots and the camera crew being able to catch them. Like Joey Janela got a lit cigarette uh stapled Staple. to his forehead. Yeah, we didn't see it. We we didn't see it. We saw the aftermath. Yeah. Uh, but we didn't see the actual staple uh private party, aka uh uh not quite um oh, shit, where are they called from NXT? Not quite uh, the street profits. Yes, not quite street profits, thank you. Yeah. Uh they did some double team moves, apparently. <laughs> right. Um well, I mean, battle royals are tough because there's so much going on, but also, you know, you, you wanna you want to plan that shit out with production team and, and the, and the people who are going to be in there to try and, right. you know, make sure they know what and when things are going to happen. Um, but you know, it, it was, it, it was, it was, it was, it was fun. It oh, wasn't absolutely it, like it wasn't amazing. You had uh what's his name? Dustin Thomas. Yeah. Dustin Thomas. The, guy with the, no legs, the, the no legged man doing his, uh, what should be called the uh, two twenty five uh, <laughs> his his version of the four yes. fifty. Yes. Um, they're really missing an opportunity. If they don't call it the two twenty five, uh, I'm he, just giving it to him. Like you he, guys can have it. You had a mega push behind Luchasaurus, which I didn't expect, which I'm uh, sure yeah. you were excited about. Very, yeah. very big fan and, of Luchasaurus, even though he practically murdered Joey Janela. Yeah. Good God. Uh, that that's enough reason to watch that pre-show alone for the chokes basically uh uh luchasaurus did a choke slam on joey janela to the outside through a table uh, i noticed that table very early on and i'm like oh, okay check off table so sure. through it yeah, yeah, yeah. and janela i mean he took the bump 
all on his shoulder, uh, but it looked like he landed right on top of his head. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Or like and, severed his neck in five different places or something like that. And he sold it. To, oh, to oh it. as did Penelope Ford. Penelope Ford is yeah. valet did like this blood curdling scream as yeah. it happened. Good Lord. Um, and you know, uh, there are some bits from like, I don't understand why Tommy dreamer was there. And if there's a battle Royal in a, in <laughs> yeah. any, anywhere, Anywhere yes. in the yes. continental U.S. Tommy Dreamer shows up. Where there's hot catering and a trash can. Fucking yeah. Dreamer's going to be there in his polka dot pants. I don't, I don't, you know, look. I Okay. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's fine. He showed up in Lucha. And I was like, uh, okay. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's Tommy. He's he's earned the, um, the, the place in his career where, you know, he can just show up and get a pop and then usually do a one and done. He was at the, uh, was he at all in as well? I don't recall. Uh, I think he, was. He, he was in the all in over the budget battle yeah. Royal. He was not a part of the, uh, ring of honor, new Japan MSG show for no. a guy who pops up everywhere. That's um, true. Especially not that far from, uh, from home for him. Yeah. Um, you had but, uh, you had Marco Stunt get murdered by um, AC Romero, uh, the huge good God. The ring. And the way they shot that, I know it's not the traditional way that they shoot a pounce, yeah, but it it really underlined that holy fucking shit, this little dude just got launched out of the ring, just fucking you know SpaceX out, <laughs> out of out of the <laughs> ring onto a couple guys on the outside, uh, which yeah. was which was fun. You had MJF go over big as yeah. the super heel. Did you catch big. him? Did you catch him calling Dustin Thomas Lieutenant Dan? <laughs> no, holy shit, that's amazing. <laughs> MJF is a huge star and is yes. going to be going to be very big, uh, a very big deal. Um, but he had a really good showing. Of course, the Joker card was given to Hangman Page. Mm-hmm. Um, is, is the knees the knees kayfabe right? That's yes. not a yes. Yeah, that, yeah. That's from the angle from the angle of Pac. Yeah, I, I yeah. thought so. I, I didn't get a chance to watch the Pac page match um but yeah so he you know in in the absence of of Pac page we got him as the joker in there i I, i'm wondering what the original plan was um, yeah because the joker card now yeah i'm not really sure because i i also know that the the reason why or at least the the explained reason why uh inability to lose was a problem was they're going to be build building a Pac omega which makes me think was it originally supposed to be a scenario where uh the winner of hangman Pac was going to go against winner of jericho omega and then we're going to get Pac omega and we got the inverse which i'm going to say right now might actually be smarter booking Mm -hmm. um but we'll we'll talk more about that as it goes on um yeah i'm not really sure what the original plan was Uh, i know there's a new observer radio that went up uh within like the past two hours or so so maybe uncle dave broke it down uh we'll find out um another guy who was in there who we forgot to mention was sean spears uh the former ty dillinger popping up yeah came in as the 10th person um I thought he looked good. And you know what? If anything, I was happy with the fact he actually got eliminated a little bit early. Yeah. Um, yeah. To not put too much reliance on these uh, WWE cast offs. Billy Gunn also. In oh, there. yeah. You know, he's a member of the uh, of coach the Billy Gunn. Yeah. yeah. So um, I, I kind of would have popped for a Dean Malenko appearance considering he was just hired on Friday. But yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. That's okay. I, they had, they had I don't know if he's on. in ring shape. Last time I saw Dean, he was a. Uh, he was a he was a little round. Could have pulled the uh, the dreamer route and kept the shirt on the whole time. I'm just saying. That's fair. That's fair. Oh, the and, crowd would have popped for Dean Malenko. Oh, know, and like, Glacier even looked good. Yep. 
Glacier. Yeah, who apparently now has the ability to blow ice. I guess yes. that's his yep. that's his gimmick. Sure. Why not? <laughs> Let's have some fun with it. Um, but you know, <clears throat> as far as battle royals go, it was it was fun and entertaining. Orange Cassidy did his bit with mm-hmm. the uh Made with me the, so happy with the low impact um maneuvers. I'm sure I I, I really wanted uh a camera on Jim Ross's face when that happened, just to see or oh, he wasn't out there, damn it. Uh just yeah. to see the uh the the uh elite level eye roll he probably would have done to that yeah, spot yeah. but you know the crowd popped for it and this was you know obviously yeah. you know the crowd of this show which i'm sure we'll talk to talk about at some point yeah is you know i mean that was that was a prime example of sixteen thousand people putting a gimmick over and i was yeah. totally fine with yeah, it no, uh, I, I thought it was fun as well but yeah there were there were a lot of fun moments and you know like i said they had to do a lot of heavy lifting by introducing a lot of people not all of which are going to be you know uh on the roster um full time not all these people were signed a lot of them were just i guess just kind of brought in for this <clears throat> but um you know, with no big fanfare to get a battle royal over, I think they did, uh, you know, a, a pretty good job of making making it fun. You know, if that was, but if that was something that you know I was going to tune into the pre-show uh, and see whether or not I was going right. to order the pay-per-view from it. Uh, yeah, I I I don't, I, I don't know if that was the exposure that that uh, the casuals needed to say I'm going to watch this because you had the one two punch of the sh- the production kind of getting its uh, its legs under it uh, and the absolutely abysmal commentary at that point because I think the original idea although it clearly changed over the the course of the show was basically that Alex Marvez was going to be lead and uh, Excalibur would be color and Marvez was just way out of his element. I know he's got some pedigrees behind him. He's, you know, a serious XM host. He's a big wrestling fan, you know, all these different things, but he was absolutely fucking lost. And there's a point where you could tell, especially when they did the second match, of the pre-show, uh, which we'll get into that uh, Excalibur realized, Oh shit, I need to carry this now. Yeah. Well, part of that was when um, Alex Marvez called MJF Joey Janela twice uh, <laughs> in, in the middle of the, in the middle of the battle Royals. Like, uh-oh. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then, then between the matches, when they cut to, to Excalibur and Marvez at the desk and Marvez had, full deer and headlights look yeah like that guy was not ready for live tv no, uh, no, yikes. Not, not not at all and i wish i wish for one reason excalibur wasn't wearing a mac a mask so i could have seen him side eye alex marvez <laughs> but you know he was under that mask that, that's the benefit of that mask man it's the benefit of that mask so in between the two matches on the pre-show we had a an introduction of smiley kylie ray yeah um backstage with uh, alicia a tout um who i i know that name but i don't know who the hell she is uh she basically <laughs> Basically, uh, made her name doing uh, interviews of musicians and professional wrestlers on YouTube, and then she was brought in as a backstage correspondent by Impact, and okay. she was used on the All In show. Um, so, yeah. My, so, my issue with it, and I, I know, I, I guess I kind of realized what they were trying to do here. They didn't. She didn't have a handheld microphone, which is the traditional way to do it. So at first, I was like, "Well, maybe they're moving using a boom mic." But then, yeah. upon further uh, inspection, everybody had a little lavalier uh, pin-on microphones. Right. Right. It seemed 
that seems like they're overcomplicating things. Uh, instead of just having one person stand there uh, with, yeah. with a microphone and moving it around, you have you you know you have then have to mix four different lines of audio at one time, which you know is you're overcomplicating things. <clears throat> and I guess maybe they wanted a different feel from you know the old traditional you know I'm my guest at this time blah 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 right sort of right thing. right she could emote more with both hands or or whatever but that one kind of that one fell a little flat for me and they're introducing this librarian versus librarian which was so weird. fucking weird like <clears throat> if you're not watching being the elite you have no idea what the fuck's going on and i watched being the elite i didn't know what the fuck was going on like right. it was for for as much a positive as the main show was this was yeah. another example on the pre-show i'm just like what the fuck is this? like if i was literally saying if this pre-show is good i'll watch the main show right. i'm starting to check out because this was like sub wwe comedy like i don't even know if it was funny it was just weird and it went on too long i mean way too long there's there's you know there's an old there's an adage in comedy that you know you overdo something till it's funny and then it's not funny but then it becomes funny again yeah the family guy instance yeah, of you know yeah. Peter, ah, the knee thing yeah. this was not that yeah this was it, just, it, it never got to funny it, it, no it, it just was like why is this even happening and why is it happening for this long and then you know alex marvez trying to make sense of it afterwards just totally you know even destroyed it even more so yeah that yeah. was that was a swing and a miss um but then we got a match between uh sammy guevara and kip sabian yes um a one-on-one -on -one match um and you know it started out uh you know they, they built us some some really fun high spots in that match including a fucking shooting star yeah. off the uh off the apron onto sabian who was draped over the the um the, the guardrail yeah a great fucking spot i was like oh we're gonna get a lab drop and then he's like shoot star yeah yeah yes and it looks like uh they're gonna be getting behind kip sabian apparently sabian was scouted by chris daniels he's really high up on him daniels <laughs> being one of the uh the heads of personnel in aew um my first time seeing sabian Gravara, we got to see live uh at wrestlecon uh um, yes he was yes, he was yes. part of uh that uh gauntlet match was it gauntlet? yeah it was part i think it was part of the gauntlet match um but really it was the first time i got to see either guy in a in an extended match um guevara definitely has skills even though uh, he looks a little twinky and uh, <laughs> he, is, he is but he's you know he's a very good cocky sort of heel sort of yes. thing and, and can do the flips to do's really well and uh can get can get some heat from that but uh, yeah one, I, one of my uh one of my friends uh <laughs> said that he looks like justin bieber i was like you're not entirely wrong there. Yeah, yeah, but I, I I'm definitely uh, into Kip Sabian. I, I, I liked him a lot. Yeah, he had um, a great showing. He had a great showing. Has a cool finisher with a cool name. Uh, <laughs> yeah, fucking <laughs> Deathly Hollows is a great name for a finisher. And one of his uh, submissions is called the Cruciatus Clutch, which I yes. popped for so hard. Yeah, a little incongruent by having the Harry Potter moves and fucking Nickelodeon gear, but you know it, yeah. it is what it is. Um, yeah. I, and this was the point where I'm going, okay, if this is what AEW is going to be, yeah. this could be fun. Kinda, I could be in this. Kind of right of the ship a little bit there. It's like, okay. Right, right. right. And then and then we had a kind of weird segment, which started, I thought they were going to full WCW because they, they cut to the limo arriving in the back. Yeah. Uh, but it turned out basically just to be a, a pre-tape to 
introduce the elite guys coming out to yeah. uh, welcome everyone to the show, which got cut off mid promo. Uh, <laughs> not 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 great timing on that, you know. Yeah, because I noticed Cody was starting to rant at seven fifty nine, and I'm going, uh oh. <laughs> yeah, they, they didn't time that out. Maybe we melted a little too much. Uh, yeah. But you know, those are all uh, you know first show sort of you know uh, stumbles because mm-hmm. you know well sec I guess second show, but really you know I'm not sure actually this is kind of the first show because yeah. roh handled the majority of the production for all in um so right. in terms of you know the the production element side of things this really was their first show yeah whole so, new crew figuring it out you know as it goes so yeah, yeah. so overall you know the 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 pre-show was eh, it was it got us there you know right it, right it got me a little more excited for the show and it was uh i was entertained uh throughout so you know except for that middle promo segment but then um then the show happened with a really odd harmonizing attempt of a national anthem which yeah i wasn't i wasn't into that uh chris, just let the kid do it oh like, uh, well i that or like chris jackson do it chris jackson's got a voice and a half uh right. it was just very strange um yeah, that one fell a little bit flat yeah like them uh, it was it was it was a bit pitchy dog yeah. uh not not super into it but the it's show that's for me it's a pass uh, yeah the show kicked off with scu uh of kazarian chris daniels and scorpio sky against uh from owe the strong hearts crew of sema l lindemann and t-hawk now yes. uh there was definitely some confusion on commentary about this so i'll i'll, I'll just try my best to set the record straight for anyone who's listening and, and wasn't entirely sure shima l lindeman and t-hawk originally dragon gate guys who went to china to help form owe they are not chinese they are japanese but they were representing the chinese company Jim gotcha. Ross, of course, spent the entire show calling them the gentleman from China, and I'm just smacking my forehead during the well, show. Well, that's not entirely incorrect. It's, it's not entirely incorrect, but it's just like, mm, not quite. Not quite. He also um, called them OEW, too. Yes, that's true. Well, hey, that's that's an understandable confusion. He's getting used to sure. saying AEW. Sure. So, yeah, I, I get it. I get it. It's no different than in the main event when uh, Excalibur kept calling chris jericho chris generico yes. like he's he said generico on commentary infinitely more so times than he times. thought he'd ever say chris jericho i understand <laughs> um but uh the, the match itself was stellar it was yeah it was what you needed it was fast paced it was breakneck speed you saw cool spots cool double triple team moves um, they have a new rule for tag matches, which is as opposed to the five count when there's a tag, it's a 10 count where yeah. double teams and triple teams are allowed, um, which I thought it was a nice little twist to how tag matches worked. Um, Sima and Chris Daniels for being respectively the oldest guys on their teams. Uh, I think Daniels is almost 50 and Sima's, I think, 43 yeah. looked so fucking good and i was marking out because like they were literally on the first japanese tape i ever bought <laughs> so <laughs> so like it, it was it was just really cool to see these guys there doing their sure. thing um and uh t-hawk looked great scorpio sky came off like a Hell star yeah, and a did. half yeah and holy fucking shit the deadlift germans at l lindemann was thrown out weird name in the ring don't understand why he's only wearing tiny pants and little boots but 
fucking hell, that guy can toss people around. It's always disconcerting to me to see somebody uh, with no elbow pads or knee pads. Yeah, it's, it's just yes. it's just so unnatural. It's just weird. Like I don't want to. Knees are weird in in their own <laughs> sort of thing. Like just looking at somebody's knees, it's just it's it's weird body part. I don't know what I have a weird thing with knees. It's bizarre. Yeah. yeah. Um. Like as much as I love. Uh, some thick thighs on a Jordan Robin woman. Um, you know, there's something about knees that are just just weird and deformed looking. I don't know. Feet and knees. I'm I'm not I'm not a fan of feet and knees. I'm a weird individual. I admit that. But uh, but yeah, seeing seeing him without any uh, any knee pads w- was a bit odd. Plus, Lindemann um, is a German name. Um, also, yeah. the last name of the singer from Rammstein, who have a great new album out, by the way. Oh, uh, plug. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, the, the match was was really fun. And they, you know, they were all over the place doing a whole bunch of flippy new crazy spots, which is just what I wanted uh, to see. So I was I was I was pleased with that one. Yeah. And I, I can't wait to see more OWE guys, you know, the yeah. proper OWE talent start to make their way. Uh, proper Chatterman. Yes, uh, start to make their way to AEW. And also, uh, something I was reminded of on the uh, July 13th Fight for the Fallen show in Jacksonville, fucking Kenny Omega against Shima. That's going to be balls out. I can't wait. Um, uh, So that went right into the women's match uh, where we had uh, the super friendly uh, Bailey-esque, yes, Yes. smiley (laughs) Kylie Ray rollout. Uh, basically Bailey done right at this yeah, point. She's uh, happy to be here. Happy to be here. I loved her gimmick of sliding into the ring and just yeah. stopping on her face for a second there. Was, that was really fun. Uh, that was super fun. You had the beastly Nyla Rose come yep. on out uh, who looked just super menacing and intimidating. Yeah. And then you had who was clearly being made the star of the match. Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, real life dentist, yeah. uh, and real life uh, paramour of Adam Cole, Bebe. Adam uh, Cole's Bebe. Yes. Uh, <laughs> she looked like a superstar. And we we're getting ready for this big launch, the AEW uh, women's division, uh, complete with Allie on commentary, who I yeah. have to say brought nothing to the table. Not very good on com. Very, very, very nice to look at, I will say. Yes. And, and a sweetheart when I met her at WrestleCon. Um, but uh, but yeah, not uh, not really uh, no. setting the world on fire in the commentary. I, I was I learned was... from All In yeah. with uh, with Tennille and whoever the other person uh, was they brought in. Yeah, yeah. I uh, forget her name from Ring of Honor. Yeah. Uh, was yeah. Kelly Klein? No, it was um, uh, the other one who's part of the Allure now. I forget uh, her name. Yeah, anyway. Yes, uh, and, and I was immediately sitting there going, "Ah, oh, shit! The three-man booth is already kind of rough. <laughs> now we got a four-person booth." Yeah. Oh well, man. Luckily, Marvez and uh, Ali didn't add didn't say <laughs> that much. It was mostly Excalibur and Jr. But then, you you know, in a very WWE esque sort of thing, out uh, came Randy and in you, her gear, in her gear. So it made you believe that she was going to insert herself into the match, which you know her position is you know literally the same position that Stephanie McMahon holds in WWE. Yes. Um, so you know, there's not a lot of uh, of subtext there. It's pretty on the nose, which 
we'll get to more on the nose things a little bit later on. Yes. But um, so out, out she comes, and everybody's expecting her to get inserted to the match. So that was a little bit of an eye roll. But then they fucking, uh, you know, uh, subverted our expectations. Yes. And she introduces awesome fucking Kong Holy to come out. Holy fucking shit. Which, if you would have asked me who, uh, you know, a surprise fourth woman in this match would have been, she would have been near bottom of the list. Yeah. Um, yeah I would have said Tennille Dashwood. I would have said, yeah. uh, God, uh, 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 say gibbs because they aired a promo for yeah. her earlier on in hell i probably would have said sasha banks before awesome well, yeah kong, yeah exactly which i exactly. know is not possible but yeah so out came um awesome kong welfare queen from uh from glow uh, yeah comes out looking as badass and menacing as ever um so yeah that was that was a huge pop and you know you had the the monster stare down between uh kylie ray and awesome kong at the beginning with uh, uh with nyla Baker. rose and awesome nyla rose sorry yeah yeah, yeah um, the monster kylie ray <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just Marvez myself, son it's of a okay. bitch. Okay. Um, but <laughs> you're not being paid to be there. I would imagine if you were, you <laughs> tighten up a little bit. Yes, uh, I would like to imagine I would. Um, so the, the the match was fun. had a lot of uh, had a lot of uh, fun uh, big spots, and uh, everybody you know had had their chance to shine. Kylie Ray actually did get a chance to get her shit in, and uh, yeah. and then she got oh god, Britt Baker like kicked her head off. <laughs> Oh, shoulders at one all point. the props in the world subtle thing kylie oh, ray did God. before she took that kick she pulled her hair bow down yeah. slightly yep. so when the super kick hit the bow flew off like that mwah, Choice. that's good stuff Choice and stuff. i i just want to double back real quick to the brandy segment yeah that's how a swerve in professional wrestling should work yes right the exactly. expectations make a left turn yeah that was awesome they and zigged when you thought they were gonna zag yeah or, and and whatever Britt Baker, I guess, is going to be our, our big star for the women's division, yeah. at least now. And uh, I don't know about you, Chris. I now want to see Nyla Rose and Awesome Kong tie it up at some point. Hell yeah. I'm wondering. I haven't seen anything about uh, Awesome Kong being signed uh, to right, AEW. Right. This may have been a one-off appearance, but... If not, I would love to see more of her around. I think they finished filming Glow Season 3. I'm not sure what else she's doing in the world of acting but um yeah. but yeah i'd be happy to see her make a make a full-time return and i think with what aew is doing their schedule is going to be not as stringent as the wwe so yeah no house shows chance to to do things that uh that they also enjoy doing um outside of the ring so um so yeah that was a that was a great showing for the uh for the women's division um in aew last night yeah uh then we rolled right into some more tag team action as we got the best friends of chucky t and trent beretta uh, against uh the triple a lucha underground duo of Angelico and jack evans yeah. uh the battle of the neon it was holy shit it looked yeah. like a monster energy drink threw up in the ring like they should have coordinated their ring gear a little bit more before because yeah. it was and i know all four guys and i had a yeah. hard time like <laughs> like my eyes were just like were just melding with with neon green but yeah you know uh and helico didn't really have any big platforms to jump off of which is kind of his gimmick um sure, and sure. jack evans did hit the normal jack evans shit that he's been doing since all the of flippy days. yeah he's a super fun guy to watch yeah um and total shithead heel too yeah. when he when he wants to be so big fan of those guys coming in and and chucky t and beretta you know the best friends got there got their moments in the yeah in the they sun, did including you know your favorite yes, moment the hug maker the moment hug maker. <laughs> as they went for the hug and they went for the zoom out i don't know if you saw this morning oh. but uh little kazu uh kazuchika kata he tweeted uh -huh. at the boys this morning 
Yeah. He 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 retweeted a gif and he said, I I saw it. That's <laughs> I saw great. it, Trent. <laughs> That's outstanding. Good for you, Okada. <laughs> game respect game. Uh but it was a it was a fun <laughs> match. Like there, I mean uh I will say of everything on the card, it was probably like the least important, but it was incredible. Yeah, uh, but it was just, it was fun. And there's something incredibly surreal about seeing Chuck Taylor on a top tier professional wrestling product. <laughs> like, I love Chuck Taylor. I never thought that dude would get signed. Yeah. Get, get that money, man. Holy shit. Yeah, um, you do, Chucky T. Then we had the uh, Joshi six woman tag as Hikaru Shida, Riho, and Ryu Mizunami. Uh, well oh, no, well done. Oh, oh, I thought you said hold on. Sorry. Oh, yeah, well uh, done, well done. Yes. Uh and they went against I'm not, I'm not reading I'm not reading off this fucking uh list. and then uh went against a team of Aja Kong, Yuka Sakazaki, and and uh Imi Sakura. Uh like we said, for both of us, this is first time seeing a lot of these women. I mean, I knew who Aja Kong was, but yeah, that was yeah, it. Me too, yeah. Um, it looks like Hikaru Shida is gonna be like the star of the Joshi crew, which makes sense because she's got the the tie with uh, Kenny Omega, uh, who who is the guy booking the Joshi stars. Right. Um, she was the one that got the pinfall over um uh um, uh um, um, Sa- yes, uh Emmy Sakura Emmy Sakura. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh guy. I couldn't remember Freddie Mercury's name. Yes, uh <laughs> Uh, th- this was just a cavalcade of fun spots and fun moments, and uh, each each team had stars with unique personas. Yeah, uh, and it really was sort of this deep end toss into the world of Joshi. Um, I, I feel like there there's going to be a transition point for us American fans, but it's going to be no different than, you know, first time we saw guys in masks flipping on nitro. And then we are like, Holy shit. That's that's silver King. That's super Kahlo, That's La Parca. You know, that that's sort of connection to who these people are right now. Uh, I barely know who any of them are, but I thought it was just a super, super fun match. Uh, yeah. And uh, yes, there was the botch with the, uh, ring keeper ringing the bell a little bit too early props to the referee and i forget her name but she's the female something referee. yeah um uh, i know I, adams is that uh, all i know is her nickname is girl hebner which i think is <laughs> uh, um <laughs> that's um, not because of face looks like no it? no no okay. no uh that 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 was her nickname she comes from uh the, the uh defy wrestling organization out of seattle um she gotcha. uh she kept her cool all props in the world she did no, she, she was stone-faced She's like no motherfucker that was two i did yes. not call for that yeah bell. and she didn't call for the bell yeah you know and- that was a hundred percent fuck up by the timekeeper and also the production crew who fired the music so you know that's uh yeah come on guys <laughs> i know it's the first show and everything but uh right. pay attention right um but uh all the props in the world for for her keeping her cool and and f- if anything i know it was a fuck up that helped establish the integrity of the officiating yes it made it very True. clear that these people have control over what happens in the ring and what they say goes even if something externally goes wrong right so uh it, it was it was like uh uh, addition by way of subtraction, if that makes sense. It was great under pressure, and she, you know, yeah. she she held, she stuck to her guns, and that's that's what she needed. I mean, the referee they brought in some 
you know, notable referees. Yeah. Uh, fucking Paul Turner jumping Paul ship. Paul Turner defected from Ring of Honor, who's been there since, what, day one? Yeah, yeah. You know? It had to be. Uh, Rick had, Knox also there. Earl yeah. Hebner there. Bryce uh, Remsburg. Yeah. From Chikara. Holy yeah. fucking shit. Seeing that guy on TV was awesome, too. Uh, yeah, Bryce is, I, I've had the chance to talk to Bryce a few different times in the real world, and he's an awesome dude, so I'm incredibly yeah. stoked for him. Uh, I mean, just so, so cool uh to to see him pop up there but anyway joshi tag was super fun and then really what what a interesting one-two punch as we went from the joshi tag match to old school professional wrestling yeah brother v brother cody versus dustin awesome video package to kick it off yes the then song we, was pretty terrible that they yeah, used but yeah but <laughs> i get you know, it it is what it is <laughs> then we had what may be the most divisive segment of the night as co well before the intro of cody yeah they're zooming in on this very triple h-esque chair and yes. i'm like oh is cody gonna have a gimmick where he gets you know brought out by like a bunch of geeks on the shoulder right and all that fun stuff and i'm just like oh okay it's gonna be what it is cody comes out he's got like this kingly gear like it kind of like there was a pattern that almost looked like um playing cards on his gear okay uh, um anyway he thought he looked like beast from beauty and the beast th there definitely was a touch of that <laughs> so he comes out he looks at the chair then he and brandy walk to the ring and brandy pulls a sledgehammer out I was like, oh, no. from underneath the ring oh no and cody <laughs> takes the hammer goes to the chair and with the production value of a 1980s metal video he <laughs> smashes the chair with a hammer and we get this fucking egg fart of an explosion Fuck. halloween had better videos than that okay yeah here's uh, that's that's what ruined it for me not the, yes. the, the melodrama of the whole thing which i mean is pro wrestling there's always going to be melodrama um and i was fine with it until the little thing if if they had not gimmicked it and he legit would have destroyed it with the sledgehammer like yeah. in a fit of fury yeah. then i would have been a little more into it than the one one and done swing and poof little uh little smoke yeah. bombs go off it was a little it was it was spinal tap on the simpsons yes. it was you know yeah. the stonehenge was you know or yeah. it, it was just Yes. And, I, and I know this is the part that a lot of the pro WWE crowd are sinking their teeth into. And I, I texted you and I'm like, the show didn't need it. I definitely don't think the show needed it. Like, look, I get it. Cody felt like he was undervalued. Right. This, you know, this match with Dustin was the one he wanted to do. And Vince and Triple H said no and all these different things. But it didn't need to be on the show, and I'm just like, eh, uh, it was a bit much. Yeah, it was, it was, it was very self indulgent, and I get yeah. it. It's his show, but mm, I wasn't super into it. Then Dustin comes out with his weird Darth Maul gold dust gear, yeah. super pop, massive, super pop, and these guys hit the ring and proceed to have one of the best wrestling matches I've seen this year. Yeah, I, it was such an old school sort of just knockdown drag out fight. There wasn't a lot of wrestling happening. That was that was a fight. And the gusher Oof. that Dustin hit in his forehead. Yeah. Unbelievable. Well, I, from that blade there. <laughs> yeah. The the mat was covered in blood. 
Cody was covered in blood. His hair was fucking pink, and he didn't yeah. even juice. Like, now, uh, and and it really underlines. Yes, it's barbaric. The idea of a guy blading. Yeah, but how much blood can add to the story of a match? And sure enough, brother beat brother. The younger generation overtook the old. Cody went over, or Cody went over, and uh, great fucking match. But what I think really sealed it was the beauty of the post-match angle. Yeah. Uh, because they have, of course, the Fight for the Fallen show coming up on July 13th. Cody grabs the mic, and in one of the more heartwarming moments I've seen in professional wrestling, gets legit choked up, and he said, "We, you know, there's this match, and it's me and a partner of my choosing against the greatest tag team in wrestling today, the Young Bucks. I don't want a partner. I don't want a friend. I want a brother. And extended the hand. And you know what? If this was WWE, Cody would have fucking tossed him in the crossroads. Yep. But no, we're getting the we're getting the Rhodes brothers back together again. Part of this one last ride for Dustin. Them against Young Bucks. And after that match, that's gonna fucking roll. Holy Hell shit. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. If I if I were to have a complaint, it's that I probably wouldn't have gone with the red paint and red gear. Yeah. Because yeah, it kind of yeah. blended in with the blood. Um, and this, I don't know if this sounds barbaric or whatever, but I wanted to see more blood soaked into his face. Well, I, I will say here. that how fluorescently red the blood was on the mats on the outside yeah. was horrific. Like oh, yeah. it looked like a murder scene. Now, dude, dude took a couple aspirin that day to thin it out because uh, yeah. it was it was legit gushing. And at a certain point, you know, it's been so long since the Attitude Era that I was yeah. used to seeing blood, you know, at all. You know, and yeah. it happens from time to time. You know, Becky Lynch, um, Ali got busted up. You know, a couple people, you know, blood, ha especially aside from the Brock Lesnar, Randy Orton. Yeah. Um, it was it was akin to that where it was just like straight gushing out of the forehead. And I was just I was a yeah. little a little yeah. cringy at it but it just it you know it added to the uh to the storyline and what those guys were doing and i completely bought into a certain point i was like i was convinced cody was going over but a couple of those false finishes where where dustin hit his moves and went for the pinfall i'm like oh shit he's he's gonna fucking win this thing yeah um so you know mission accomplished you had you had me buy in on that i was a, it was really good pro wrestling right there yeah uh then we had the presentation of the aew championship belt with another big holy shit moment as holy brett fucking, fucking horrid brett <laughs> fucking heart comes out uh he uh cuts a quick promo including a, as i called out to you i loved his little mention of a world championship wrestling match yeah <laughs> wink wink um yeah. and uh really this seemed more to build kind of the landscape of aew and some potential challengers uh the, obviously hangman page winning his shot he's gonna be going against the winner of jericho omega he comes out and this turns into a clearly unscripted and hey that worked out great mm -hmm. promo train with mjf coming out and he just basically tears into the crowd is a nuclear heat machine mm -hmm. throws out all these great gags and moments like the bit he said with brett like oh shit someone's right in the ring behind you oh yep. wait no he's not no he's not like uh, it's just and the smirk on brett's face you know brett was fucking loving it he, oh, was, yeah. he was trying to fight oh, it yeah. but you could tell on his face like yeah all right this I'm, I'm fucking for it it was it was outstanding i popped hard for that yeah. mjf is a dastardly motherfucker and i love hating him yeah. he's so yes. 
so good at his job. Yes. Um, and then, you know, Jungle Boy came out and then mm-hmm. fucking Jimmy Havoc came out. Yeah. Uh, which JR rightfully described as a walking death match, I think. Yes. yes. <laughs> so that's. Yeah, yeah that, that's why I loved. He called him a walking hardcore death match. Yeah. And then you just hear Excalibur go. Well, that, I mean, that's what he is. That's what he is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, JR did his prep for that one. Uh, yeah, so. right, right. <laughs> so good job. Um, uh, and something I thought was actually kind of clever in that was MJF's heat was so strong, he made uh, Adam Page the baby face in that feud, and Adam Page didn't say a fucking word. No, he didn't. Crazy not. how that works. Yeah. The guy who's good at promos cuts the promos. The guy who's not so good at promos doesn't need to talk. Like, I... I I, I I just watch it. I'm like, oh my god, this is this is how fun wrestling can be. This it, this is so easy sometimes. Like, don't uh, overcomplicate things, stupid. Yeah, and and now I'm like, okay, well, I want to see Hangman Page against MJF. I want to see MJF against Jungle Boy. I want to see MJF against Jimmy Havoc. All in one segment. I now want to see all these different matches. How fucking cool is that? Yeah, and. <sighs> I know that, you know, Jungle Boy's pedigree is uh, an important thing to him. Yeah. I just hope they don't over-rely on it. Yes. Um, and, yeah. you know, it was the first show. I'd say a lot of the people watching might not have known that Jungle Boy is Luke Perry's son. Um, but, you know, I hope that as the shows progress, right. it's, it's not a thing that's brought up. I want the kid to to make his own name. And yeah. Kennedy may have gotten his start because of who he's uh who he was born to, but you know, still let let the kid do his own thing. But that's a that's a small quibble that, you know, really was n- something that they n- needed to do. Um, yeah. but just as a hope going forward, I hope that the kid's allowed to stand on his own there. Yeah, and and I figure we're probably going to hear about it again, you know, when they launch on TNT well, and that sort of thing. Yeah, but you know, once but, it's yeah. established yeah, let, let him be his own guy. Like, uh, yeah. let, let's not make it Sasha Banks is, you know, related to Snoop Dogg. Let's, right. Yeah, let, we get let's, it. Let, you know, one and done. Yeah. Um, then we had uh, for the AAA tag team titles, the Young Bucks against the Lucha Bros. Oh, boy. Uh, I flew across the room at this match. Uh, so many. I mean, cutting edge, amazing high flying, crazy double team spots. Crazy offense, crazy defense, shout outs from the Bucks to different people they've gone against at yeah. different points in their careers. Shout outs to the Motor City Machine Guns of Chris Saban and Alex Shelley. Shout outs to El Generico and Kevin Steen. Uh, like, just it was such a wonderful microcosm about what makes those teams great and also their history. So, if yeah. you were a new fan, you were just you know, soaked into the action. If you were a fan of these guys for a long time, you were catching all the little references here and there props to Excalibur for calling out a lot of those moments. I think that's one of the things I really liked about the presentation and the commentary was AEW isn't in a bubble, right? AEW is just the latest place where these guys are plying their trade. Other companies exist. History has occurred. I mean, I, I think that's so cool and so smart. And so obvious, you know, you you don't hear, you know, NBA guys not talking about the NCAA because it didn't happen here. Like right. the, these things establish these guys as important. Yes, it's fake. But if you treat it like a sport, people will go along with it. Yeah. And um, great match. I yeah, know not not only did the yeah. Bucks get their shit in, but they also helped make the Lucha Brothers, you know, into superstars uh, even more so. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, they've. They haven't done, 
I, I, know, I guess they have. They, you know, they've been on Impact. They've been on MLW. They've been on Lucha Underground. But, right. you know, it, this is probably, well, it's hands down their biggest show in America uh, in terms of attendance, um, even though they were both on All In. All In was probably more, wasn't it? Whatever. Uh, no, 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 no. More, more people at Grand Garden. Oh, yeah. really? Okay. Yeah. I thought All In was like. All in was eleven thousand. Eleven thousand. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So oh, that's right. It's like fifteen, sixteen thousand. They called I, it twenty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did. I did. I did enjoy that. that yeah, was, yeah, that's, yeah. that's the kind of subtle uh, sort of dig that I can get into. Yeah. That's not too on the nose. Where yeah. at, at, like the throne, but um, you know, Phoenix is a fucking superhuman. Yeah. It's insane what he's able to do, and as fluidly as he does it. Um, and, you know, Pentagon Jr. has charisma and skills for days. So obviously, uh, you know where my allegiances lie in there. Yeah. I have, I have yeah. no ill will towards the Young Bucks, but I'm Lucha Bros for life. Yeah. Um, so I, I fucking loved everything about that match. Destroyers everywhere. Oh my god. Kicks everywhere. Um, they, they did the fucking indie standoff for spec spot on the floor. On the like <laughs> floor. The, the double drop kick to each other, I think it was Nick. Uh, yeah, it Nick, was it was Nick, it was Nick and Phoenix and then they did oh. the standoff and it was like, what the oh, fuck? Boy. Oh boy. Oh yeah, that's um, that 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 match was was booked for me and yeah, I appreciate yeah. them doing that for me. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I know some people thought it was kind of weird that the Bucks went over, but let's be honest, guys. Triple A are going to want the belts to change at their show. Um, that so, makes sense. Uh, I hadn't thought about that because um, yeah. I was thinking, you know, and I texted you about this because yeah. I'm like, oh, God, you know, here come all the fucking trolls out there who are going to say, oh, well, all the guys who put the show together booked themselves to go over. And, yeah. you know, page one and yeah. the Bucks one and Cody one. And, yeah. I, you know, originally I was thinking that Omega was going to win because on paper Omega, you know, if you're looking at it like a fight, Omega yes. should win that match. Um, but, you know, you made the point about AAA, you know, wanting their probably wanting their 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 tag titles just to, to t- turn back to the Mexican guys at the big Mexican WrestleMania show, right. Mania, which is it's all about making July, that money. Man. I yeah, yeah, I, I believe you're right. But it's all about it's all about making that money. And that sort of parlays into our main event. Yeah, as Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega, Alpha versus Omega round two. Uh, another great match between these two. I, I don't know if it was as good as their first throwdown because, you know, it didn't have uh, a broken nosed Kenny Omega trying to figure out how to do his cardio when he can't breathe. Yeah, um, but it's hard hitting, <laughs> intense action, uh, crazy table spots. Uh, uh, props to uh, Excalibur again, calling out the I am the table when it didn't yeah. break. Uh, <laughs> again, one of those, it, it, someone described uh, described his uh, his call outs as being uh, a more subtle Mara Ranallo, and I liked that. Um, yeah, because it's not wrong. Yeah, uh, because it's like moments that he went, he practically went full Mara at a couple right, of right. Uh, but I, I I dug this match a lot, and and again to establish the hierarchy, to establish what AEW is going to be, a great match. Yeah, uh, and, and I, I give it yeah. to Jericho, man. I mean, the guy is fifty years old, if not close, forty eight. Yeah. yeah, he's 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 getting up there, and sure, he's dad bought it up. Um, but man, the guy still goes out there and gives it a fucking hundred percent. And yeah. you can tell, you know, he may have been a, a step or two slower. That first law lion salt was a little hinky and I think they yeah. bumped noggins on it. Yeah. Um, but you know, that second one he got nailed and, you know, 
both those guys, some of those V triggers that fucking Kenny hit. Oh my God. Brutal. Just absolutely fucking brutal. And the table, the table spots were great. And I, I really, really enjoyed the match Um, and fucking clean as a whistle. Yeah, and and on paper, you know, when Jericho went over, you and I were texting during the show. I said, you know, this makes a lot of sense. You now have a one-on-one record between both guys. You have the rubber match, and now you have this idea of the established star, Chris Jericho, going against the young gun in Adam Page for the first yeah. ever match for the title. I, I think that's a great program for both guys. Yeah. Um, I was really, really excited. I was really looking forward to where AEW was going to go, and Jericho's cutting this post-match promo about how everyone should thank him, and then fucking like Scott Hall in 96 coming out of the fucking crowd in a jean vest. What's John Moxley doing in the elite zone? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Holy shit. John Moxley, we thought he was going to make his impact known. Pardon any puns there. Yeah. Uh, wow. He comes out. He attacks Jericho running back to that angle they had uh-huh. in WWE with the Ambrose Asylum and Mitch. Yeah. He attacks you, Mitch. He attacks fucking Paul Turner. Yep. And then he goes after who I guess his real opponent is. Yes. Fucking Kenny Omega. Hell yes. I did not know I wanted to see Kenny Omega versus John Moxley, but here we are. They were brawling through the crowd. They make it back up to the ramp. They brawled on top of like these fake uh, poker, poker chips, chips. Yeah. and fucking Omega gets tossed off of it through basically like the side, like plastic paneling and dirty deeds on the poker chips. Yes. Uh, and John Moxley, call it. I guess they're probably not going to call it dirty deeds. Yeah. Well, whatever they're going to call it. Uh, Moxley looked like a beast. He looked excited to be yeah. out there uh, the crowd was losing their mind and now we see that aew can bring people on they announced they put out a press release after the show john moxley signed for a multi-year deal he'll be making his in-ring debut at fighter fest on june 29th uh there you go man <laughs> like yeah. that is how you do a debut show yeah, I, I agree. You know, and of course, there's going to be smarks out there going, oh, well, they're just relying on XWWE guys and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Well, you know, you're getting an opportunity to see an XWWE guy against one of the best guys that has never been in WWE. So mm-hmm. they're not running back Jericho and uh, Moxley, which, you know, I would have rolled my eyes to a little bit. You know, he may have attacked him, but that's not the program, clearly, um, because, you know, that's something we've seen a bunch and we don't really need to see it here. But, you know, uh, Moxley attacking Omega, like you said, you didn't think you wanted it, but here we are. And I'm exactly. salivating, waiting for it to happen because, you know, they're. Ambrose Moxley was kind of one of those guys like a Randy Orton type Mm -hmm. where if he wasn't into what he was doing, it kind of showed. And last night you could tell that he was super into what he was doing. And, you know, I think a lot of that has to do with a a change of scenery and the crowd popping. And, you know, I'm sure he's excited to fight Kenny Omega. I mean, who wouldn't be Omega's, you know, widely regarded as one of the top wrestlers in the world right now. So why would you not be excited to do that? So yeah, overall, you know, 
as a show, as I said earlier, it went as well as I think it could have. Mm -hmm. um, they really rebounded from a shaky pre-show to to hit their stride and and present a product that was um, unique, exciting, um, and just something that uh, that gets me pumped to see where it's going to go. And and the potential is there certainly with a lot of these uh, talents that they've signed. Um, you know the 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 look and feel of the show was familiar enough, but put their own spin on it enough mm -hmm, to not mm -hmm. seem like a WWE ripoff. Um, yeah. So you know it, it's it's exciting because uh, speaking to the wrestling industry as a whole, this is nothing but good news because yeah. there's you know this isn't going to replace WWE. As no. a whole, I mean, and, and it shouldn't. It should. No, I mean, like, like I said earlier, for me, I'm not watching Raw and SmackDown right now. Um, you know, and that's not to say they couldn't do something on Monday that's going to get my attention back. Uh, but and and I I hope they do. I hope this is the fire under their yeah. ass that they need. Because if they fucking go, all right, that's cool. Well, welcome to Monday Night Raw tonight. It's Seth Rollins and somebody against Baron Corbin and somebody. Right. Uh, you you lost the fucking I made plot, the right guys. Shit. Yeah, uh, this is the first shot in what will be a very long back and forth between two companies. One who is the the implanted leader of this industry and the other the upstart with a lot behind it. And yeah. I cannot wait to see from both companies sure. how they rise to the occasion. As it stands right now, though, I really want to fucking go to Chicago in August. <laughs> Holy fucking shit. Tickets go on sale in a couple weeks, my friend. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think, yeah. I think we may have to invest. Yeah. I, I, Rock that, road trip. That or uh, we're going to have to wait for them to pop up on StubHub and not be fucking idiots. Pay $120 for tickets we can get for 20 no, that's what we're going to do for Triple Mania or for the Triple A. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Which, circling back, I... Justin Roberts trying to say triple A, uh, just say fucking triple A, dude. All right, yeah. Just, Rick Knox did it. You could do it too. Yeah, I, 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 this show reminded me that I was not a fan of Justin Roberts. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Justin Roberts. Sorry, other Jr. It just yeah. you know it wasn't 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 doing it for me in the ring announcing sort of thing. Um, you know, was Lillian Garcia busy? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, you know? I don't know. I know, I know JoJo just pooped out a little NWO for life or so, <laughs> you know, I don't think she's coming back any, anytime soon. That would have been a little too sweet. Um, if, if I were to say there was one thing this show was missing, mm -hmm. um, it would be a live sex demonstration with Jordan Grace. That's <laughs> the well, only thing I missed. Well, Chris, uh, I'm just saying, man, sign up for a Patreon. See what you can work out. I'm fucking considering it. <laughs> <laughs> I love professional The Rough House Podcast is a weekly podcast. Follow us at Roughhouse SGW on Twitter and Facebook.com slash the Rough House Podcast. Become a donor to the Rough House at patreon.com slash the Rough House Podcast. And check out our videos at youtube.com backslash channel backslash capital U C E G J 2 1 N lowercase w capital G lowercase k capital P M lowercase L capital D N seven lowercase C three lowercase R lowercase F U V Q. This is the, the Rough House, Rough House uh, podcast with Justin and Christoph. That's it.
Fuck Christoph. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Justin and my least favorite man on the planet, Christoph. And Marty? The preceding presentation was brought to you by The Realm Network. Fanny Packs, Fanny Packs, Fanny Packs. Want to hit the town looking like your favorite mid-90s wrestler? Fanny Packs. Time to strut your stuff when you don't have any pockets in your jean shorts? Fanny Packs. Got stuff to carry and you want to keep it near your dick? Fanny Packs. Head on down to Conrad P. Hickenbottom's Fanny Pack Outlet and snatch up one of our 10,000 reasonably priced Fanny Packs. Denim, leather, neon, print, double zipper, Velcro, reflective, or fine imported Chinese silk, we've got the Fanny Pack to fit any late 90s professional wrestler on the go. Don't be some schmuck who hides his brass knuckles in your pocket. Store him in a Fanny Pack. Who's got time to walk to the ring with a pre-prepared retirement statement in your hand. Keep it in a fanny pack. Some of our famous customers include Shawn Michaels, Kevin Nash, Triple H, and everyone's favorite deceased fat chick thriller, Mike Awesome. Conrad P. Hickenbottom's Fanny Pack Outlet. Keep it near your dick.